Since its FDA approval, atomoxetine has become a second or third line option after stimulants and sometimes after central alpha agonists for ADHD in both children and adults. With the recent approval of another non-stimulant ADHD medication, veloxazine, brand name Calvary, this is a good time to revisit atomoxetine. How effective is it? What are some of its pros and cons? This podcast will clarify the position of atomoxetine in our toolbox for treating children and adolescents with ADHD. Welcome to the Carlisle Psychiatry Podcast. This is another episode from the Child Psychiatry Team. I'm Dr. Josh Fader, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlat Child Psychiatry Report and co-author of the Child Medication Factbook for Psychiatric Practice and the brand new book, Prescribing Psychotropics. And I'm Mara Gufferman, a licensed clinical social worker in Southern California with a private practice. We have some exciting news for you. You can now receive CME credit for listening to this episode and all new episodes going forward on this feed. Follow the podcast CME subscription link in the show notes to get access to the CME post-test for this episode and future episodes. Let's start with the basics. You know that we need to titrate stimulants weekly or bi-weekly early on for best effect. By comparison, atomoxetine dosing is more straightforward. Get baseline vitals and rule out narrow angle glaucoma. No EKG is needed. Baseline LFTs are indicated if there is a history of hepatic dysfunction. For children below 70 kilograms, begin at 0.5 milligrams per kilograms per day, increasing every three days to 1.2 milligrams per kilograms per day. For children above 70 kilograms, begin at 40 milligrams, and then after three days, titrate to 80 milligrams. And after several weeks, you might try the maximum 100 milligrams. At full dose, monitor weight, pulse, and blood pressure, and assess for side effects on an ongoing basis. Dr. Fader, does atomoxetine have any advantages over stimulants? The main advantage of atomoxetine over stimulants is its side effect profile. According to previous research, atomoxetine does not tend to cause problems that are common to stimulant treatment, such as loss of appetite, weight loss, growth inhibition, insomnia, worsening tics, depression, or anxiety. Atomoxetine may also be safer than stimulants in children or teens who have pre-existing cardiac problems. However, it occasionally causes side effects, such as nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, decreased appetite, headache, mild weight loss, increased blood pressure, and tachycardia. But splitting the dose to twice daily administration generally reduces these problems. More troubling, and like other antidepressants as well as stimulants, atomoxetine can trigger mania, paranoia, or other forms of psychosis and otherwise uncomplicated ADHD. Moreover, unlike most stimulant preparations, atomoxetine has little or no propensity for abuse and a low street value. Withdrawal is another problem. If you need to stop atomoxetine, take it slowly, dropping about 20% every two to three days at the fastest. Perhaps most worrisome is the black box warning for atomoxetine for suicidal ideation. 
although the actual frequency is rare, a 2008 meta-analysis found that suicidal ideation was small, but significantly more frequent in pediatric ADHD patients treated with adamoxetine compared to placebo, five patients of 1,357 or 0.37%. Reassuringly, a 2014 meta-analysis found no statistically significant elevation of suicidal ideation in children and adolescents as compared to placebo. Does uh, adamoxetine work for ADHD in children and adolescents? Mm-hmm. It can definitely improve some measures of ADHD. For instance, a 2004 pharmaceutical funded mm-hmm. study found significant reductions in the ADHD rating scale version 4 with an impressive effect size of 0.71 on parent reports. The study also suggests adamoxetine works into the evenings with once-a-day dosing, but since there is no comparison arm, those claims are merely suggested. More recently, in a 2011 randomized placebo-controlled trial of adamoxetine on young children ages five to six years old, parents and teachers recorded reductions on that same scale, the ADHD rating scale, fourth edition, with also a 0.7 effect Mm. size, and that was in comparison to placebo, with 62% Mm of the adamoxetine arm scoring moderately to severely ill on the clinical global impression scale, the CGIS, at study completion versus 78% for placebo. And there was an effect size that was calculated of 0.6. This was a short study. It was only eight weeks long, and the longer trial might have found a stronger effect since other studies show that adamoxetine reaches its maximum effect after 12 or more weeks of treatment. Now, it's important to note that the study we were just talking about was partially funded by Eli Lilly, the manufacturer of adamoxetine. The bigger question, or the more interesting question, was how does adamoxetine compare to stimulants? Does adamoxetine have any benefits over stimulants in terms of efficacy? Well, you know, not surprisingly, stimulants are faster and better than adamoxetine in treating the core symptoms of ADHD. For example, a 2013 randomized controlled trial found that lisdexamphetamine, the brand name is Vyvanse, was significantly more effective than adamoxetine in patients who had not responded to methylphenidate, with generally about 75% responding to the lisdexamphetamine versus about 55% to adamoxetine. Effect sizes were not calculated, though. And here again, the study is only nine weeks long, and so it may have underestimated the final effect of the adamoxetine. How does adamoxetine compare with methylphenidate-based stimulants? Here again, the stimulant wins out over adamoxetine, a non-industry-funded 90-day open-label head-to-head random control trial compared adamoxetine and osmotic release oral system methylphenidate, brand name Concerta. This study looked at executive functioning, i.e. response selection, inhibition, flexibility, spatial planning, working memory. Both medications help significantly with a p-value of less than 0.05 across all three domains, 
although Concerta performed far better for response selection inhibition. With an F-score of 8.05 for those who are interested. And much faster for spatial planning. Does combination therapy with atomoxetine and stimulants have any advantages over either treatment alone? It isn't clear whether adding atomoxetine to stimulants gives you better outcomes with ADHD. Baker and colleagues found four studies with mixed results for atomoxetine and methylphenidate in combination. Even so, one randomized controlled trial involving participants with a history of failed stimulant trials showed no difference between starting atomoxetine alone versus starting atomoxetine plus concerta. And there are no head-to-head trials comparing atomoxetine with alpha-adrenergic agonist medications like guanfacine and clonidine, so we don't know which is better. Both clonidine and guanfacine used as monotherapy have effect sizes that actually rival the stimulants. There's indirect evidence that alpha agonists may be more effective than atomoxetine, and they are generally considered next in line after stimulants and above atomoxetine for ADHD. Both of these medications can be combined with stimulants to increase efficacy and or decrease stimulant side effects such as sleep disturbance and hypertension and and tics. In comparing risks of atomoxetine versus alpha agonists, remember that alpha drugs can cause hypotension, rebound hypertension, sedation, abdominal discomfort, Mm -hmm. and QT prolongation. We know from the 1999 MTA study and its long follow-up that cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, does not add value to the robust effects of stimulants for core symptoms of ADHD. But does combining psychotherapy and atomoxetine have any benefits over medication alone? There's no similar study of therapy added to atomoxetine. However, in a small study where patients compared CBT with atomoxetine kind of in a head-to-head, they reported robust effects for both. However, when clinicians were blinded to which treatment each child was receiving, they concluded that there were no significant differences between the treatment arms. Atomoxetine might be especially helpful in ADHD with anxiety. Industry-funded studies on this found atomoxetine effective for ADHD with an effect size of 0.5, with some improvement in both depression and anxiety in an uncontrolled trial. In addition, many kids with autism spectrum disorder have symptoms of ADHD and stimulant side effects can be more pronounced in these kids. A 2021 meta-analysis compared atomoxetine, methylphenidate, guanfacine, and clonidine in children with comorbid ADHD and ASD. This study found comparable modest efficacy for atomoxetine, methylphenidate, and guanfacine, but included only one study for atomoxetine with a sample size of 50 participants. Interestingly, clonidine didn't perform well. bottom line message, for usual ADHD treatment, we place atomoxetine slightly behind the central alpha agonists in the group of medications to consider after two trials of stimulants. In this group, atomoxetine might have fewer side effects 
than central alpha medications in some patients. Atomoxetine may also make sense for specific cases where patients cannot take stimulants due to adverse reactions like exacerbation of tics, cardiac problems, risk of drug diversion, and perhaps when there's concern of its propensity to drive paranoia and psychosis. The newsletter clinical update is available for subscribers to read in the Carlat Child Psychiatry Report. Hopefully people will check it out. Subscribers get print issues in the mail and email notifications when new issues are available on the website. Subscriptions also come with full access to all the articles on the website and CME credits. And everything from Carlet Publishing is independently researched and produced. There's no funding from the pharmaceutical industry. Yes, the newsletters and books we produce depend entirely on reader support. There are no ads and our authors don't receive industry funding. That helps us to bring you unbiased information that you can trust. So go to www.thecarlatreport.com to sign up. You can get a full subscription to any of our four newsletters for $30 off using the coupon code LISTENER. And don't forget, you can now earn CME credits for listening to our podcast. Just click the link in the description to access the CME post-test for this episode. As always, thanks for listening and have a great day.